Welcome back, guys. DGS and KMOX. A few minutes past 4 p.m. It'll be dark in about 80 seconds. Um, Think Tank, we do it every Tuesday. Today we have Mike and Megan, and this is super exciting. I'm, I think I'm more excited than you are. Uh, I had heard, because Andrew said, hey, Megan's going to be on with Hancock because they did this poll, and he really wants to have her on. Is that cool? Because I don't like having the same guests in the same day. Uh, and I said, oh, yeah, 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 that, that's, that's totally fine. Um, so you and Bryce did this poll. Explain what it is, and we'll get into it. Yeah, so our firm, Show Me Victories, uh, Braxton Payne and I, my coworker, um, and the rest of our team had an idea. We're like, what What are people thinking a year out from the general election? Um, for us as insiders in politics, we leave and, live and breathe it every day. It feels like it never stops. The campaigning is constant. It's always being talked about. But as we know, that's not the reality for most people. So we wanted to know where people are and how they feel. To no surprise, most people are still undecided. Right. They're still mulling their options, looking around at at where people are. What stood out to me where people are not undecided is a potential matchup between Josh Hawley and Lucas Kuntz. Only 8% of likely November voters said that they are still undecided. So I thought that was really interesting. A a very stark choice between the two. Um, I think both very strong personalities, kind of an aggressive campaign style, and that has left them with very little room to grow between the two of them. They mm-hmm. have not many voters to convince or they have to really persuade voters yeah. who think they've already decided to yeah. move over. Um, fascinating. How close is that race? Um, that one was, ooh, I think four four and a half points off, oh, which is within the margin, the margin of error on, on this particular poll was We had a 400-ish sample size for statewide survey, um, which is good. Some statewide surveys go up to, you know, 600, so they can have a 3%, 3.5% margin of error. This one was right at 4.9. So the final there between the two, um, 36%, though, I want to say this, of primary voters said they are still undecided for Lucas Kuntz. So, so He's the main room. person announced right now. He seems to be the front runner. Most people support him, but people are always open to options, mm-hmm. which I thought was, you know, very interesting. Was that uh, true of Holly as well or no? Overall, for well, we since he has no challenger, we didn't, didn't test co- a primary for him. But the uh, general was 46 percent support Holly, 42 percent support Coons, 8 percent undecided there yeah. um yeah very interesting matchup yeah. for sure yeah i'm not a, i'm not a holly fan i don't know if you are or not but he's just i don't know this is going to be very unintelligent but he's just he's just got that ted cruz thing he's just sort of <laughs> dislikable we call it unlikable and and sometimes when you're a candidate nothing can really pr- fix fix being unlikable yeah. you just are you can hire consultants you can do all this stuff but DeSantis. some people you just you can't Kamala. you know shine them up <laughs> hillary yeah. Clinton. hillary Hil- yeah. hillary like yeah. is the poster mm-hmm. child mm-hmm. of yes you know so true had had all the qualifications super smart the so experienced really unlikable yeah like your unlikable numbers are just off the chart yeah yeah. Uh, highlight anything else you want to highlight? Um, my other favorite takeaway really is that you hear about it, that people don't always vote for their own interests. Right. And that just never ceases to amaze me. I've been doing this for so long and I am still astounded by it. So we had, um, again, these are likely November voters, right? So not just anybody out there. We asked people um, how they felt about the two major political parties when it comes to working families, right? What do you think 
about how these parties fare with working families. We asked folks to consider Social Security and Medicare. Who do you think is more likely to protect those things, which I think we all agree are kind of backbone of American mm-hmm. democracy, really important. 48% of respondents said that Democrats were most likely to f- fight cuts to those programs. 24% said Republicans in Missouri. But we view Missouri as a mostly Republican state. So most of these people out there, the average Missourian working class, they're going to vote for Republican, but they know that Republicans are not as likely to fight those two programs. I am always amazed by How's that. How's that hit you, Mike? I love this polling stuff. I do, too. I, mean, I, I could just sit and listen to this kind of stuff for hours. I love, like, when Carl Rove would come on and bring out his little whiteboard, and I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Like, I want to hear everything you have to say. And I'm just amazed at where so many people are. I run into people all the time, and they'll say, oh, I just, I hate politics. I'm like, yeah, but you still have to vote. I was just talking to a lady yesterday afternoon about that. She goes, I, I don't follow any of that stuff. I was talking about the governor's race, and I said, you know, in St. Charles, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but with Bill Igel running for governor and Bob Onder running for lieutenant governor, you could have two former St. Charles County senators being governor and lieutenant governor. Like, that's on the table. I thought, that's kind of crazy. And she goes, what's Igel running for? And I went, what? Not not like, surprised at all. How do you, how do you, like, you live here. Like, he's your senator. Nope, not paying any attention. Wouldn't so you, you're right, you guys we live in it. Agree yeah. though that in the like definitely since Trump, since it's all become so much entertainment focused, that people probably know more about what's going on in DC than they do what's going on in their county. I agree with that completely. We've talked about that together on yeah. this program before that really society would be better off if that were swapped. If people we were agree. more engaged in local government, even county government, right? Yeah. Probably the least sexy of all governments is county government, you know. <laughs> I won't be offended um, by that at all. <laughs> but, but so important and really impacts your day-to-day life more than almost anything else. And I, It is it does. Um, hard to find the right thing to motivate people to really get into it because I think it's just you're going about your life. And so whenever you sit down at night and you're kind of hoping to be entertained, yeah. the national politics does that for you, right? Because yeah. it just kind of gets you all fired up. Yeah. but. You know, going to it's a county meeting TV. isn't quite as exciting. Wheels, to what degree do you believe a, a U.S. citizen has an obligation to be well-informed? I don't know about well-informed. That's a really hard thing and a hard thing to quantify. Um, I do wish there were greater incentives to make people vote, though. I mean, there are a lot of things that are compulsory that we have no choice to do. We have to insure our automobiles. We have to register our cars, although... <laughs> Maybe not so much in Missouri, although you know, hopefully that'll be that'll get better in the future. I know I know it's hard, but a lot of people don't want to do things that they don't think are fun. Or and by the way, we also need to make it easier. Like having one day to do it for people that work hourly jobs, and if they don't go to work, they don't get paid. Those are people that are not going to have a voice in their own future because they can't afford That's one to of the not things, do it. I mean, we need to have more ways to make it so even, it's a national holiday or something. Even when I was on 97.1 and I was solidly on, on the right side of, of most issues, I hated that the Republicans had the, uh, I think, well-deserved reputation of trying to make it as difficult as possible uh, because that was going to hurt them. 
And I've always thought it should be as easy as possible. It should be as hard as possible to cheat, but as right. easy as possible to vote. Uh, although, maybe I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. I've, I've been a fan of you have to show your ID. I don't see how right. that's a hardship every four years to get an ID. You have to do it with everything else. But with technology the way it is, I mean, it's fine if you show up at a grade school or a nursing home and you vote the way I've always voted. But with the technology the way it is, it should be so much easier. Well, yeah. we have improved in Missouri. We have to give ourselves a tiny bit of credit. Right. Mm-hmm. We've expanded the no excuse needed absentee voting to be two weeks you still have to go to a polling location, but they're more universal. They're geographically usually more central. All the libraries, for instance, in the city tend to be locations. So we have done a few things to make it easier. We could definitely do better. The lack of a national holiday, it yeah. makes no sense. Just do it. We, we can have, have national holidays, holidays for, so for much stuff. things that have, are historically relevant but not relevant now. Yeah. Yeah. But for one, that would be helpful. And I, one of the reasons I hesitated when you asked me that question is I don't like the idea of making people do it. What if you just get a big fat tax break for voting? <laughs> you get a tax credit, 500 bucks, a thousand bucks. The Republicans would not like that tax cut. I can tell you I'm that. I'm just right saying now. like how many people, I mean, what, how many people wouldn't do it? If you said, listen, you're going to get a $500 tax credit if you just vote. Doesn't I matter who it. you vote for. You can vote for anybody you want. But we're trying to give you a reason to participate. I'm a big incentive person rather than make you do it. I don't like the whole mandatory thing when it comes to stuff like that. But what's the what's the argument against that? Obviously, it costs money and you got to pay for it. Mm-hmm. But the, in the end, if it if it leads to a more engaged group of people or more people actually participating, is that worth the trade off? I well, think you've come up with an excellent policy for the city of St. Louis, wanting to give out you know give uh, m- money, money out to folks. I mean. Why not? That's I want to see this happen. We need to get you on the phone with some people and, right, and I'm not running this, though. Make this policy come to life. <laughs> He's calling Megan right anything, now. Yeah, Put yeah. this out there. I'll it's, talk to someone. Give but you I five hundred dollars if St. Louis St. Louis City voters will Stan come. Stan Kroenke's money. <gasps> That's fun. There we go. <laughs> there you Look, go. If you re-engage the populace with Stan Kroenke's money, I love it. Let me ask you guys a thirty thousand foot question. So, uh, even people who love Donald Trump were shocked that he won. Right. I mean, everyone remembers that night. Do you think that uh, a year from now uh, or even today, but a year from now, especially just in general, do you think it will be a more surprising night? Like, oh, the sands are going to shift again significantly. Are you expecting kind of the same old, same old? I'm expecting that Trump's going to win. I am. I kind of am, too. I, I, I just don't see it. And I'm a DeSantis guy. I like DeSantis. I think... He's he's kind of got the Jeb Bush problem, though, right? It's funny. You got another Florida governor who I think would be a very effective president. I think he knows what he's doing. I think he's a smart guy. I think he would be a good president. He's just not exciting, and he has no charisma. But I think he would be a really good president. He can't get traction to save his life. He may not even be second place. Nikki Nikki Haley may very well. Yeah. I mean, Nikki Haley's got better numbers against Biden than Trump does. She does. She wins by eight. Well, that's what's interesting is if you're considering just a Trump-Biden matchup, it's it's hard to yeah. predict how that's going to go. I think the numbers are not in, in Trump's favor there in the states that he would need. Um, you, but, wait, you don't think Trump, the numbers are in Trump's favor? I don't think ultimately that that he's beating Biden. That's today with everything going on with Biden right now. I think when it comes down to it is he's old. 
that's not going to get better. That's not going to get better for Trump either. And he's also saying crazy. I just think that today it's easy to say that. I don't think whenever it came down to like the future of the country, those folks in the middle who are not MAGA are going to say, yeah, let's give him one more shot. I just don't think think it's going to go that way. I think they're looking at it and they're like, of all the horrible choices that I have to pick, that's the least horrible compared to what I have because they're they're looking at Biden and they have absolutely no faith in it. I'm I'm very hypocritical about this because what you say about DeSantis, I could not agree with more. I've been saying for years that we need to stop electing based on personality, right? Because you're going to get guys like me, unless you're that talking have personality. Guys. But I've then got you no vote substance. On personality all day. But <laughs> with DeSantis, I'm like he wore white moon boots. He's wearing lips. He's he's not funny. But who cares? Because right. We're not electing a comedian or an entertainer, but that's kind of what we're electing. Kind of where we are. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, come back with more on the Think Tank. We'll take your phone calls, 314-436-7900, Welcome back, guys. DJS 423 Think Tank. We do it every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Mike Elam, who you guys have heard for years, down on 97.1 here in the DGS. Uh, Mr. St. Charles and Megan Shackelford, who works with Michael Kelly's group, and she's been with us again all the way, all the way back to when we were on 97.1. Um, so today is an election day, and uh, the big headlines, at least on the national cable news, are the, the results today will forecast for 2024. Is, is that true? Are, are there any special races or topics or policies being voted on that you guys are really looking at as important or bellwether? I'm looking forward to Virginia. I want to see what's going to happen in Virginia because um, Glenn Youngkin came in kind of out of nowhere. Nobody thought he was going to win that race. He Terry McAuliffe, huge Clinton guy. Everybody knew. So he upset in the governor's race and he won that. And he got a Republican House, but he's got a Democrat Senate. And he has been campaigning like a madman for the last year. And he's been out there saying, hold the House, flip the Senate. And part of that, you know, he's a big education guy. And parents' role in the education, they need to understand what's going on at their schools. So that was his big issue to get him in. But uh, abortion at 15 weeks is where Youngkin's at. And abortion is the big issue. You would know better than I am because uh, you do fantastic polling. So you really have a, a pulse of what's going on. But I want to see how that goes, because that's kind of the issue that the Democrats used last year yeah. to stop the red wave, supposedly, that was coming. Well, the abortion issue is a bellwether issue, I think, can be a I caution against it for my fellow Democrats because there's so much nuance and complexity in the type of policy you're talking about. And it varies everywhere. Right. So you're talking 15 weeks there. Other places have longer. So you have to be a little bit careful, I think, of looking at one state, what their policy is, and then predicting that's how everybody else is going to behave. Um, But it's definitely an issue to watch because, you know, Half of the population are women. This is a very important topic. What, No matter what side you fall on of it, it's important to half the population. So it's going to impact how people vote for sure. But I think what's more important, what I learned from the poll that we did last week, is that at least in Missouri of likely voters, 60% of them are dissatisfied with both parties. So what I think is important looking into next year for as I care about how the Democrats perform, look at the issues that matter to working families. Working families are who are voting. Working families are who are considering how policies are going to impact them. And don't get sucked into what the hot topic of the day is 
on cable news or wherever you're watching, research, listen to your voters, ask what they care about, and then talk about those in ways that are real and meaningful and don't get sucked into whatever the current culture war topic is. Yeah. Are your polling results internal only, or are you publishing these, and anyone can go look at them? We did a, a press release. Um, you can go to our website, Show Me Victories. They're out there. I know some other places have covered them. We just are nerds, and we wanted to know what people thought. We thought other people would think it's interesting, particularly in Missouri. You know, we talked a little bit off air. The Republican primary for governor feels like it's been going on forever. Uh, right. It's been going on a long time. There is a lot of money in those bank accounts for well, those Mike campaigns. Well, Mike Kehoe's been running for two years. Yeah, it's so it's Literally. an ongoing thing. So we thought, you know, where has that gotten them right now? With a year being the shortest time frame, we're all looking at it now. Where has it really gotten them? And the truth is, it's gotten everybody with still a whole lot of undecided voters. Hmm. Who do you like in that race, Mike? I, I like Mike Kehoe. Yeah. Um, I I just think he's a, a well-prepared guy to do it. But the Jay Ashcroft name, the, the Ashcroft name is going to be tough to beat. So, um, but Bill Igel is a guy who is just out burning up the the wheels uh, of his truck covering the state of Missouri. So it's going to be interesting to see where the voters are. I mean, I think especially when you have Trump and Biden, two very polarizing figures, um, not positive for either one of them. I I think people more times than not are going to vote against one of the two of them rather than vote for one of the two of them. I think that's what happened in 2020. I don't think anybody voted for Joe Biden. Your polling may tell me different, well, but I think they just voted for or against Donald Trump. I think that's right. I think in Missouri with this Republican primary, though, it speaks to the real battle of the heart and soul of the Republican Party. Because Kehoe, I, all of my Republican friends who are a little more common sense, a little more traditional Republicans, they're Kehoe people, right? And, yeah. and Ashcroft is definitely more of a MAGA guy. He's out there. He's MAGA. Bill Eichel is even more. And he's out there, too, kind of being the loud person in the room, not necessarily the, the serious candidate. And our poll showed that today Kehoe and Ashcroft are statistically tied. And so that fight is really going to be about what kind of Republican Party do you want? But that's you know? a huge change from where it was yes. just a few months ago. It's a good Ashcroft's sign. lead was 20 points. Yeah, it's you know? a good sign for common sense, for what I think is decency, for what I think is getting something done effectively in the state. But that's really what that battle, I think, is is more about, not necessarily their personalities, which, you know, I think are very different, but about what do you think the Republican Party should represent in Missouri? And I, I for one, I won't be voting in that primary, but I'm very excited to watch it. I am, too. I mean, I'm just excited to see kind of where people are. And I agree with with Kevin from the standpoint of I wish people were more incentivized. Like today, there is an election today in the city of St. Charles where they're going to vote on a tax for marijuana. How many people do you think actually care? Maybe 3%. I mean, we'll see how many people It'll come out It'll be small vote. for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's only St. Charles City, not county. You know, right. one last thing I will add yeah. that whenever we do polling or any kind of campaign voter communications, a lot of folks, what you would consider a likely voter is you look at their voting history. So you might say people have voted in at least one of the last three general elections or some people like to expand the people they're talking to. So you would say people who voted in one of the last four. That's what we're considering likely voters. Think wow. how few people that is, how little yeah. interaction Standards and voting that is. But that is what professionally a lot of people yeah. will consider those types of numbers. It's wild. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. 
440 DGS on KMOX. If you're listening to 1120, you can do better. You can go to 98.7 FM, which if you are anywhere near Highway 40, anywhere between the rivers, you're going to have a much better signal. doesn't go in and out under bridges and things like that. just sounds more like what we sound, or at least what Wheeler sounds like. I sound like 1120 AM. <laughs> uh, the best thing you can do is download the Odyssey app, which I'm the least technical guy you're going to meet all week, and I was able to do it. And when I get in my car, I can listen to Wheels do uh, total information PM. I can listen to CNN. I can go back and podcast anything I want. So odyssey.com is the, one of the, the best ways to go. Let me give you a few facts going on in the world right now. Then we're going to land on one for discussion. Uh, we talked about, uh, sorry to say Prince Charles. He's been Prince Charles my whole uh, life. King Charles. Uh, one of the things he talked about in the King's speech, first time in 72 years that that was given, is they're going to outlaw smoking in the U.K., it's just not totally, totally just not going to be a thing. He has that power. I guess so. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just hit, get this, the interest on the national debt, the interest is a trillion dollars per year. Oof. The interest, you, we could pay a trillion dollars each year and we make n- no payment against the principal. It, that's crazy. And yet no one seems to care. Maybe a little bit of lip service around elections, you know, but we obviously don't care. Neither side obviously cares enough to do anything. I say it's a political talking point, but if anybody actually cared, they would be doing something about it, not just talking about it. What do we do? Well, I mean, nobody wants to. I mean, there's always an answer. Nobody wants to hear the answer. How do you get rid of debt? How do I mean? It's How do same, we get rid of debt? It's the, it's How the do same, companies get rid of debt? It's, the, it's same, the same process. It's the same thing you joke about all the time with losing weight. It's not hard. Yeah, eat less, move more. Yes, I mean, spend less, you'll save more and find a way to make more. That's the hard part. I mean, for a, a government, because the only way you're, they're going to make more is if they take more. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't want that. I know none of us want that. Speaking of smoking in America. Uh, smoking weed, the people who smoke weed are now outnumbering the people who smoke cigarettes. Oh. And I'm not surprised by that. I don't really know anybody anymore, like people around my age or whatever that smoke cigarettes. Interesting. Yeah, yeah Gen Z's down really close to zero. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess if you're choosing one thing to smoke, you'd want the one that's Gonna have a little more impact on your so. mood. Yeah. Uh, and also, Kevin was talking on the break two things about what's going on in Israel with Hamas and the Palestinian people. Uh, the first one, and I want you to talk about this uh, about how younger people seem to detest anyone or anything that has power. Power is bad. Yeah. And then yeah. I've noticed what you've noticed that. For the first time, I've really noticed that my TikTok is biased against Israel in favor of Palestine. And I don't think it's anything about what I'm looking at or searching. It just seems to really be fed to me much more than the opposite. The only things I search on there are dog videos, pranks, and things like that. And that's just the stuff that's showing up a lot. Um, And and I, I think it makes sense to a degree because I do think that people who want to get certain messages across, use social media, not just TikTok. They're using Twitter for that. They're using Facebook. How many times have we talked about how those have been used uh, for political purposes over the last five, six, seven years or whatever? Um, That's kind of one of the modes or one of the things that, that, that is impactful about social media. Uh, I mean, think about how many, how many people in my parents' generation were impacted by Facebook stuff, what they saw on their Facebook, because they're not doing Twitter. They're not on TikTok. It happens all across the board, but younger people are more on TikTok. 
Um, I do think that there's something to note, and I think this is about understanding, not accepting, okay? Because I think we all have the responsibility of teaching younger people as we go. But keeping in mind that if you took me at 20, 22, I did not see the world then the way I see it now as a 51-year-old person. They're going to change as they get older. They're not necessarily going to go one way or the other. They may not. They're not. It's not that they're all going to become Republicans or whatever, but they're going to change as they get older because the more you learn, the more experience you have, the more context you have when you're forming your opinions. So what you see with a lot of younger people is it's a very emotional thing. And they have, I think, on a lot of issues. I think, wouldn't you agree, Dave? A lot of issues. This is, you know, just probably, you know, Nick's age and younger. So Nick's age, my daughter's 26, Phoebe's young, you know, in college. A lot of times, and I even even the younger folks in Gen Z, a lot of these are how, how the emotions hit them. And then when they're trying to decide, a lot of it is where does the power lie? And they always seem to, lead, to lean toward the side they see as having less power, which I do understand. I mean, it happened in the 60s. Yeah, absolutely. People who are now the old people. 100%. And I think we all don't – we still have to teach and educate, especially on, a, on, a, on an issue like this that has vast historical information tied to it. There is a lot that goes into Israel and Palestine and that whole region in the Middle East. And you do have to read and you do have to learn. You have to understand more than just what you're seeing now. There's way more to it than than all of that. But that's up to us to teach it, not make fun of it, and not push them away. Because if you push them away, they are not going to learn those things. So true. 454 DGS, it is midnight out there. Um, <laughs> really good having Mike Elam and Megan Shackelford on. Megan is with Michael Kelly and uh, Show Me Victories, and they did a really interesting uh, local Missouri polling. And so if you want to see those, go to showmevictories.com. Uh, really good nuggets of information in there. So that that's, uh, that's cool. I, I'm such a nerd. I love that stuff. Cool. I love digging into the numbers and predictive things and i'm just always stunned by how few how few people actually play the game like, like when you like do the polling primary yeah like when you're looking at it, like megan was telling us about the numbers of people that are going to go in the primaries it's like five people well, you know people are always shocked when they find out that I, I have no social media and so similarly i swim in these waters as you guys do and when you meet someone who says ah you know I don't really pay that much attention. Maybe a week before the election. I'm as shocked at them as they are at me. Uh, Stay tuned for Total Information PM with Wheeler right after the break.